The following has been brought to you by SJP World Media. Hello, Sai here. As most of you will probably know, tuning into this week's Chain Wrestling Live podcast version, our non-wrestling topic this week was about celebrities who are no longer with us, whose lives brought us an incredible amount of entertainment and joy and so on in their various fields. Now, Chain Wrestling Live, as you all know, is recorded on a Monday night and the audio version comes out on a Wednesday. In between Chain Wrestling being live on the Monday with Magsy and I, and then the editing of the show and release ready for the Wednesday morning in the UK, the sad news was passed on to me by a good friend of mine that Steve Grimmett from the band Grim Reaper had passed away. Now, Steve Grimmett was an incredible vocalist who had a pretty decent level of success in the sort of early 80s with a very, sort of, a very old school 80s sounding metal voice and the bands he was part of had that kind of feel to them as well it's right up my street i mean grim reaper were the band that he kind of initially got recognized for uh, he also sang in a group called onslaught and then in his later career there was the steve grimmett band uh the grim reaper reunions and so on but yeah it, it's something that i don't imagine Many people outside of the heavy metal world or heavy metal bubble, or even many people outside of the more localised heavy metal world. I mean, I, I'm in Gloucester, and, and Mr. Grimmett lived not far from here, and I, I, I spoke to him once or twice in, in my life, and always a lovely fella. It, it, it's just one of those moments that's ironic because of our topic on Monday, and then the news being passed to me by a, a good friend of mine who was very friendly with Steve Grimmett himself as well that he'd passed away so i just want to mention that as being something else with regards to our non-wrestling topic the passing of grim reaper vocalist and frontman steve grimmett he'd passed away at the age of 62 which is which is nothing at all is he passed away in his sleep uh, and so on so yeah really really sad and you know just uh, thoughts go out to his family fans friends and so on so just as a little bit of a tribute to Steve Grimmett, his incredible voice, his, his ability to go from singing in an 80s metal style to just wailing incredibly, uh, and so on. Just an incredible talent that deserved more recognition. Uh, the show this week, the audio podcast version this week, will be played out by Grim Reaper's biggest hit, See You in Hell. Okay, thank you for listening as always, and I hope you enjoy this week's Chain Wrestling Live.
Leo. Hello. Maxie, are you doing proud and right? I am sweating like um, a nun on heat. A nun on heat. Okay. <laughs> I tried to call you friend and mate at the same time then and just went, how you doing, friend? <laughs> I just thought you, were, thought you had a stroke. I thought you were going through some Bell's palsy like Jim Ross. Oh, good old JR. Bloody oh, that's JR. horrible. That yeah, was all right. awful. Apologies, Jim Ross. <laughs> all right, Ed Ferrara. Bloody hell. <laughs> <laughs> Oklahoma. Oh, mate, don't, don't. That was a terrible gimmick, wasn't it? I hated that so much. Yeah, absolutely so bastards. No need for it at all. No, no. need for it. Shocking. Mate. It's another hot one, isn't it? It's another hot one. Thankfully, though, this one is leading to lots of thunderstorms and lightning up, uh, up, up, up here in the north. Um, but we do need the rain. Mm. So, heaven yeah, we small was, mercies. We were saying just before going live, weren't we? It rained a tiny little bit in Gloucester today, and I was like, yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, but tomorrow it's around the time I finish work so I'm literally going to strip off to just my boxer shorts to walk to the bus and just like you know I don't care who sees me you should wear one of those com- comedy g-strings where it's like an elephant's face <laughs> and just the trunk rag off on the bus and then that's how you're, how you're walking walking where you need to go yeah with a comedy trunk I wonder if you get yeah. let on the bus, or they just refuse to refuse admission. Like, are elephants allowed on the bus? Necessarily, <laughs> be the animal that was, also be the parts that the animal was covering. I think would be the issue. Maybe, maybe I don't know. Mm. I'm not a bus wanker anymore, unfortunately. No, and no, you might struggle getting a bus be- because uh, all the drives are going on on strike. So yeah, that's true. Do you know what pisses me off as well? Before we get into the show, I might as well have a little rant about it now. <laughs> <laughs> Before we start the show, 10 minutes in. <laughs> yeah. Um, I got the Stagecoach app, right? And the bus that I get from work back into town is about every 20 minutes. And on the Stagecoach app, you bring it up and it shows you the five, like the, the size of the page shows you basically like five buses at a time. And then you've got to scroll to the next five and scroll to the next time, yeah? Okay. Makes sense. Every single day, the only one that's got a little red line next to it and says cancelled is fucking my one. Not the one before. <laughs> not the one. I, and I'll tell you, and it's, there's five buses on that, she- on that sheet and it's the same one. That's why I end up sitting there for 45 minutes. Oh dear. Uh, you, you may struggle soon as well because uh, the government are stopping subsidies for, for bus routes, which means a lot of bus routes might be getting cancelled because because they're not profitable and it, they only run because the government pays for the routes. Right, so, okay. So you might even struggle. Uh, I'll just work if from home. Not a lot. If it's not a lot. You'll work from home lumping yeah. glass and plastic and metal frames around. Yeah. I'll just make the automatic doors at home. Big two metres by one metre bits of glass, four metre long bits of aluminium. I'll fill it in here somewhere. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> no, your pool screen. table in the shed. <laughs> yeah, that, well, if I get rid of the pool table, I could do it in the shed. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. Uh, anyway, anyway, anyway. Don't treat me like a woman. 
afternoon, good evening, good morning, wherever and whenever you may be listening or watching from. This is Chain Wrestling Live with Mags and Soy, a Radio Techers production hand in hand with the SJP World Media Network. And this is also episode 88 of Chain Wrestling. Wow. Nice round number, isn't it, eh? So, it not long now, mate. Is it Sep- two fat ladies if you were playing well, bingo? Two fat fellas, isn't it, really? Well, yeah. <laughs> we can be ladies if you want. Don't, I'm a don't, lady. You, don't you assume my gender, sir? I do apologise for making that assumption. I am very, very sorry. <laughs> yeah, so episode 100, if my maths is correct, of Chain Wrestling, where we said we we're going to do a little bit of, of, of special stuff for it, is Monday the 7th of November. So, yeah, looking forward to that already, pal. Looking forward to that. That's my wedding anniversary as well. Is it really? Yeah. Uh, so we're going to rearrange I'll, we'll talk about it. I'll, I'll definitely be here <laughs> uh, Anyway, I am Sai And with me as always Is the Lion Salt To my vehicular assault And that is ties in Because it's the same pay-per-view as when Austin got hit by the car So he levels, Maxi, levels mm-hmm. to this show And the intro The IC title to my IB Idol Yeah, because it's too warm to do anything So I just sit around A podcaster who says Don't treat me like a woman Unless the price is right. Again, the assuming genders. <laughs> the podfather himself. them, sir. <laughs> Lord Magsy, how are we doing, my friend? Yeah, I'm doing really, really well. Uh, had another round of um, therapy today, which yeah. was, again, very intense. Um, but, yeah, it's... Uh, doing good so yeah very very positive uh had a a fun weekend lots of good weather um had plenty chance to hang washing out on the lawn which is one of my uh i love doing that the smell of bringing a fresh washing off a lawn it's just one of those amazing things so yeah i've had a a decent weekend very relaxed so you want to do magsy you want to go to rbfluxuries.com okay and and speak Mm -hmm. to my wife and order some of her goodies because she has certain products that is designed to smell like you know the stuff you use to make your 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 washing smell lovely so you get that mm-hmm. wonderful smell without the actual effort of having to go outside and hang the stuff up <laughs> I mean, that, that's absolutely amazing I, I've, uh, I've had the uh the carpet freshener powder from from um Sharon. got some of the loganberry wax melts uh, okay the bath, the bath bombs Oh, mwah. I, yeah. I love a good bath bomb, and Sharon's definitely, definitely delivered. So yeah, I, I, a hundred percent echo that. Go and get yourself some, some goodies from from Sharon. They are absolutely amazing. Matt Willis sent us a picture of his bath. He he wasn't in it. <laughs> in it, <laughs> cock and balls floating along the yeah. water. Like oh, you're gonna be as rude as you like with me. <laughs> no, you couldn't this see anything. Yeah, specifically yeah, for Sarah. <laughs> Sharon, don't look. <laughs> yeah, where those elephant things on that you were talking about earlier. <laughs> no, he was. Uh, <laughs> he's out in this heat, this crazy, insane heat doing his his charity walk run steps mm-hmm. and so on uh, so go find matt willis on twitter at the matt attack uk uh, and chuck some money his way it's, it's, it's for a great cause and he's working really yeah. hard but he says that obviously in the heat and the fact that you're putting that extra effort in as well you're aching you're hurting he sent me a picture saying honestly the bath bombs i've ordered off your wife are a godsend right now because he's just yeah. soaking in them <laughs> to make himself feel better for his for his <laughs> run or walk the following day <laughs> and if you ask him nicely he will send you the, that very picture of him in the bath 
So not even nicely, mate. You just got to send, just literally send the word pics now, and you get it. <laughs> <laughs> there is a fee, but it's a different Twitter handle. You got, you know, you got to know him yeah. well to get that. Onlymats.com. Onlymats, that's it. <laughs> so you've had a good week then, all in all, mate. Yeah, with your, your washing. <laughs> what a sad laugh I'll lead at 42 years old, and I'm excited about hanging washed out on the line. But yeah, it's been a fun week. Yeah, good stuff, mate. Good stuff. Uh, I've I've been having a great time with stuff to do with the network and and people I've been talking to and stuff like that. We've got a couple of new shows that have been mm-hmm. worked on. We had an episode come out. It's supposed to be. I, I like to try and put the episodes out at midnight hour time. I don't know why yeah. I do that, but it's just kind of what I've always done. Uh, but last night what I was working on was finished and I just kind of thought sod it and dropped it early and it involves our good friend Scottish Danny and he has a new show with Tyler Peters who is a fella from the States very knowledgeable wrestling fan especially like the old territory days and so on and they're now doing a show called Back When and it's not just wrestling based it's it's nostalgia it's looking at films it's looking at sporting events TV programs music anything at all but literally a case of Back When and the first episode was back when we watched SummerSlam 88 and they just mm-hmm. had a quick run through of SummerSlam 88. And I'll tell you what, I sat in on the recording because the, the lads hadn't met before, but they were really interested to do the show and so on. So I sat in, muted my mic and just sort of, you know, did a few bits for him, recorded it. And then I edited it up for him and everything like that. I, I loved it. I didn't have to do anything because it was basically like listening to a radio show. And the, I was almost like, I was like Podcast. a VIP. Oh, yeah. Podcasting. Well, yeah, yeah. But it's like, but obviously it was live, wasn't it? Cause I was there as they were doing it. Mm-hmm. And it was like, I felt like I was a VIP or something getting first access to this little, <laughs> you know, but it was really, really good. So go, go and check that out. That's on the main SJP world media feed. And we've also got the NXT uh, look back podcast coming up very soon first three episodes of that are recorded but obviously we like to have a few in the bank before we start releasing and that involves a gentleman called goodwin who is a wrestler for evolution wrestling exposure wrestling evm wrestling he's done a great deal uh, and he's somebody who i got to know through going to shows as well as david eaton who was his tag team partner for a while uh, and he's a massive nxt fan and just looking back on NXT, similar format to Nitro Nights, really, week by week, the takeovers and so on, starting at the first show at Full Sail, so like the black and gold era, basically. Okay. So that should be with you all very, very soon. But yeah, I've had a blast, mate. I've had a, a wonderful time with the old headset on and tinkering buttons and stuff, you know? <laughs> Good. I mean, I've, I've absolutely been there um, when you have that, passion for for content creation and and knowing that that you've inspired other people to get involved and and you're helping them on their journey yeah so it's a great feeling and like you said just being able to sit there whilst someone else is uh recording their content you you do feel like a vip i I helped out james from uh that 90s wrestling podcast a couple of times uh, Mm -hmm. when he was interviewing ddp and I think it was Candice, Michelle. Um, I was essentially just sat in the studio recording for him. Um, right. But but having that kind of, um, that almost backstage uh, peek behind the curtain, yeah, it, 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 it's a, a really good feeling. Um, I just could picture you 
clicking your fingers though and going, Sharon, bring me a beverage. Um, <laughs> and then Sharon glassing you. Uh, with yeah, literally just <laughs> in the neck. Like, yeah. <laughs> no, I'm lucky. When I sit downstairs at my desk, because I, I always do my recordings and so on upstairs. This is, this is my bedroom, basically. Uh, but literally, I suppose, directly below me is my actual desk where I've got a bit more room and I can work on a few different things there. So I sat there for this because I'm not, my mic's not on or whatever, so I can sit there with, and do other things on my computer at the same time. So when it comes to fetching a beverage, the fridge is literally there. So I, I, I didn't even have to move, mate. I just literally I spin am... round on a little spinny chair, you know. <laughs> so if both your desks are like above each other, mm-hmm. why have you not fitted a fireman's pole? Surely that would make the most oh. sense in the world. Oh, I'll tell you what, an opportunity missed. I mean, you can get the aluminium from work, just snad it under your. Well, in your arms with your jacket. Walk yeah, like just that. walk out like I'm being <laughs> crucified or something. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> oh. The only downside to that would be there are occasions where Sharon will go and kip downstairs on the sofa because it's a bit comfier than our actual bed and I snore like crazy. So if I cut a foothold in the floor, <laughs> my snoring will still hit her. <laughs> but Let us know in the chat, easily, huh? <laughs> She can easily access downstairs. Oh, I've had enough of his snoring for today. Yeah. Down the fibers, Paul. Yeah, that's and it. Let us know, Sean. Let us know if I can cut a hole. I in want, a, I want fibers, <laughs> Paul. Though I, I so want fibers, Paul. <laughs> oh yeah, definitely. What have we got in the chat, then, Magsy? What have we got? Who's joining us? So we've got Dan Griffin uh, in Bizarro World. Um, it's Monday. You you know what that means? Snaim um, Tate Tau. Wonk. Wonk. <laughs> Wonk. You, yeah, damsty. Mm. Okay. And then he's, he's, actually, he's actually disappearing for 45 minutes because uh, Liverpool are currently losing, I think, to, to Crystal Palace, which uh, won't be uh, a pleasant thing. And we've got actually some news about that later on. Uh, about yeah, Liverpool. I screwed up, mate. You've screwed up. I screwed up. I thought next week United are playing Liverpool, aren't they, on a Monday night? Okay. I, I know not, a lot of they? our. No, they are. They are. But I know that a lot of our listeners are Liverpool fans. That's a massive game, yeah. obviously. So we had the com- the conversation, didn't we? And thought, well, let's check it on a Sunday night for a change, just just a one off, and uh, go from there. I didn't realise that Liverpool were also playing on a Monday night this week. <laughs> so the effect I was looking for next week kind of doesn't happen this week. <laughs> but we've we've we've. Uh... We've said we're doing it now, so we, we yeah, we're yeah, yeah, we'll coming on it. next week doing a Mate, special I work. Sunday night heat edition of uh, of chair wrestling. But let's I, get I worked the- really, really, really hard on that poster. It took me all of seven minutes, so I'm, we're definitely doing it now. <laughs> <laughs> That's not going to waste. <laughs> Let, let's get back to this chat. Uh, we've got Sharon uh, with the actual. Uh, catchphrase it's monday you know what that means uh scottish danny in the building loving the shirts yes i know words uh, have you seen this one maxi have you seen this one it says I danny have. and size and scott and scott and kevin and hollywood and my belly's nearly out now but <laughs> and belly one yeah and uh, belly. <laughs> connor no soccer in the chat hello sir uh well he's only saying it to one of us gentleman so we'll have to argue the toss between us who, who he's actually referring to but uh, well, it's me gonna... because you were talking earlier on weren't you about he's not allowed to make the assumption well yeah gentle person, gentle person. <laughs> uh, but i've got to give connor some props he's uh he's um 
Con and our soccer channel has been doing some really, really good numbers. I've been able to catch a couple of uh, minutes of, of his summary streams, and yeah, he's doing really well. So keep it up, Connor. Uh, really, really proud of you, mate. Um, Sharon corrected me saying that it's not Logan Berry, it's just Logan. It's an Invictus dupe and reminds me of my Logan from Sweet Melody. Ah, awesome. there you go. Also, thank you. You are more than welcome. Yeah, we adore your um, your smellies in in this house, and the little skulls are absolutely brilliant. I love them. Um, Scottish Danny saying that was awesome. Um, uh, I assume he means about uh, sitting in the podcast. Yeah, and I, again, Scottish Danny is someone who it's so good to see him find his voice. Yeah, so good, uh, and he's. He's taken the ball of a podcast and absolutely run with it and hearing him on so much content. Yeah, I'm, uh, it's one of those things that make you proud to be part of this community that we're in. Yeah, definitely. And all my creep into Sharon has worked a treat because <laughs> she's going to send me some more gear. Yes. Uh, Sar was telling me how good it was whilst they were recording. Yeah, whilst that's saying, can you bring me a drink? Uh, <laughs> you, you clearly didn't. Um, you need permission for a Paul the title of your, of your sex. <laughs> amazing. Amazing. Um, Marka, hello, sir. How are you? Um, how about that Vera, uh, Marlon Vera, um, Dominic Cruz, KO? Yeah, that, he's talking about this weekend's past UFC event. Okay. Uh, a hell of a lot of good finishes. A lot of good finishes on, on that fight, I think. Um, Amanda Nunes is... Uh, uh, wife Nina, she retired after her, her win. Uh, some real good results, uh, but yeah, uh, Malavera, uh, what a knockout! What an absolute knockout! Head kick knockout. Um, then we have got Marker again saying, uh, I watched the Chelsea game yesterday and it was weirdly wonderful. Yeah, that's uh, I think we need to maybe talk about that. Did you see the, the Chelsea game, Sand, the end of it? No, no, I know, so, I, I didn't they have a bit of a Barney. Yeah, I mean, nearly coming to blows, uh, uh, Thomas Tuchel and uh, Antonio Conte both ended up getting sent off. Right, okay. Mm. And, and being split up by all, pretty much all the players. Yeah, it was, uh, it was very, very tense. Naughty. And also in the chat, hello, sir. Cam, how are you? So, yeah, that's uh, all the chat covered. For now, Excellent sir. stuff. I mean, Sharon has actually put a message in the chat and messaged me on WhatsApp as you're talking. Um, apparently, when I was talking about the NXT podcast, it sounded like I said Christopher Goodwin. The person I meant is Joshua Goodwin. You did the wrestler. Say Chris. You did yeah. Say See, Chris. now that's really strange because Chris Goodwin is somebody I went to school with, and I've not seen that fucker for 20 years. So, why has that popped in my head? It reminds me of the time that we first podcasted and I called you Simon Preston, even though yeah. I knew full well your name was Simon Powell. To be um, honest, I like Simon Preston. Oh, that, that could work. That, that could be my working name, couldn't it? It could. Your gimmick name, yeah. Gimmick name, yeah. So apologies to, to Goodwin. Apologies to uh, Joshua there. Yeah, go check out the Rise and Fall of NXT when it uh, starts hitting the SJP World Media Network feeds in uh, probably a couple of weeks, I imagine, when he's got a few, we've got a few more saved up and recorded in the bank. But yeah, there we go. Ah, Maxi, I suppose then, if we're all caught up in the chat and everything, we should uh, get rid of some crap, shouldn't we? Take the rubbish out. <laughs> Let's do it. I mean, my bin day is not till Friday, but we'll do it now. <laughs> the
<laughs> it's Goldberg. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to blast on my vape, mate, but the, 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 that little uh, intro segment there ended a bit sooner than I anticipated. So I got a smoky <laughs> Undertaker entrance back into the studio. Then. <laughs> that was cool. Anyway, <laughs> Max, wow. what we disposing of this week, bud? Okay, so um, we, as a wrestling community, give the WWE a lot of grief. They're maybe they're held to a higher um, standard because they're the the, the leading um, company in sports entertainment. Um, maybe it's because we all grew up with WWE and they were for a long time the only show in in, in the business. Um, but if there's one thing over the past decade that WWE have done uh, right is, for me, it's the, the network, the WWE network. I think yep. even if you are not a fan of the current product as a, as a, a resource, as a, a um, historical uh, preservation, I think the network is one of the best things that have, uh, the WWE have ever done. Um, the fact that we can go back and visit all the, sh- the matches that we visited, the fact that we can uh, go and create these podcasts solely based around the content that we can access from from the WWE Network and, and re- oh, yeah. relive our the reasons why we became wrestling fans. We can go back and watch those shows uh, that made us fall in love with wrestling. We can also watch the shows that made us think, what the fuck is this all about? Um <laughs> I was, I was beginning to think you're being slightly positive here, mate. What's- <laughs> this is where the turn comes. Um, and I th- for me, I think there's one universal issue that wrestling fans have with the network. Um, and it's the, the overdubbing of theme musics. Oh, yeah. Now, I understand the reasoning behind a lot of it uh, with... Uh, uh, issues with licensing and I actually uh, saw an interview on I think it was Fartful with Sean Ross Sapp from Jimmy Hart and he kind of cleared up a, uh, a few things that maybe a lot of people didn't know uh, but he, he talks about the, the theme musics in WCW which is a, a massive bugbear for a lot of wrestling fans that um, some of those iconic theme musics are overdubbed um, and it's because in, in the, the purchase of WCW, the rights to those, those songs didn't come across to WWE. They're still owned by uh, the likes of Turner and uh, and Time Warner and stuff like that. So it is a legal issue that WWE can't use those songs. Um, but it still, it still kind of changes history, I suppose. Mm. When, when you're listening to... Hogan and you can't hear Voodoo Child or you're, you're hearing uh, DDP's theme overdubbed with something so generic that it doesn't even fit his character and when you're watching ECW and you're seeing the, the, the crowd sing along to the, the theme music and yeah it's just generic guitar um, music it, it does take you away from that so for me this week uh, even though I do understand part of the reasoning why I've got to put in overdubbing of of, um, of music on the WWE Network oh, mate I'm 100% on board with you there totally I mean I'll be honest that's never entered my mind as being something to put forward for the Hall of Lane but 
it ticks every single box as, as something that is annoying, frustrating. And you got to think as well, it affects, because the dubbing is so bad, it affects like crowd reactions mm-hmm. as well. The big one for me, obviously you've got like the Sandman coming out to end the Sandman by Metallica and all that sort of stuff. But WrestleMania 18, that, that crowd was wild for Hogan right from the start. But you can't hear it properly because they've done such a terrible job of dubbing it with music that they're allowed, supposedly, you know, they're allowed to use as opposed to not. Yeah, 100%. Because it's ruined so many great moments from, I suppose, my memory thinking back. And you do go back and check them out, as you say, and it's not as good. And that's a real shame. Yeah, and um, it was because of the, the, the Jimmy Hart interview with Sean Rossap that it, it came into my head that this is something that should be in the, in the Hall of Fame. And it actually made me go out and kind of like look for more because we all notice things when we're watching stuff back on the, the network. Um, and sometimes we may write it off as like the Mandela effect, but we all we notice things that that are missing from certain shows. Uh, so there's uh, quite a few Reddit uh, posts uh, that list a lot of the, the things that have been cut or censored or whatever on the on the network. And when you look through them, there's, there's a hell of a lot. I mean, starting from WrestleMania 1, uh, you, they cut out an, an interview with uh, Alfred Hayes and, uh, and Steamboat. Um, they edit, all, obviously, the WWF logos. Uh, they redub people saying the WWF to uh, WWE. Uh, this. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of, uh, there's just so much edited out. And uh, um, yeah, it's an interesting thread to go and look at. So if you you do get time, uh, it's on uh, um, uh, the r slash WWE underscore network. Uh, Just have a look at all the things that that have been cut. Uh, it's, It's ridiculous just how much content we've actually lost because of like these severe cuts. Mm. legal red, red tape nonsense like i mean again a, like, so a i understand them, where yes. it comes from with it but a lot of them yes but a lot of them they don't there doesn't seem to be a legal issue it's just more okay cut, cutting for the sake of cutting which is ah. uh yeah it's um weird it's it's yeah. really really weird makes no sense at all does it cuz you think they'd want it up there if they had it so <laughs> Uh, no, great shout, Magsy. Great shout, because it is incredibly frustrating and lame and annoying when that happens. So, yeah, totally agree with you. Uh, my Hall of Lame this week is slightly different to normal in the time frame because it's not going back to the 90s or 80s or anything like that. It's literally virtually present day, and it's been inspired by present day that has caused this to sort of pop up into my head. I would like to talk about... Carrion Cross. Okay. And I would like to talk about his first main roster efforts. Oh, Jesus. Now, to put this into context, Carrion Cross, or Killer Cross, as he was known on the Indies, and I think he worked for TNA very successfully as well, or Impact Wrestling, sorry, to give it his proper name. This guy looks a million dollars. Scarlet with him is she's brilliant as well I mean don't get me wrong she looks a million dollars as well of course but the whole package works so well and so on mm-hmm. eventually went to NXT and that was very exciting I didn't know masses about him at that point but you always hear these names banded around in the circles that we're in I guess so I was very excited to see what this guy had in NXT he, he basically he, he arrived he beats 
Tommaso Ciampa, who is obviously one of the biggest names NXT has had in, what, five minutes? Chokes him out. And it's a case of, why wow, this guy has arrived. And the whole package, the, the entrance, the smoke, the music, uh, Scarlett talking the words of the music, coming through the smoke and all of that. What an image. And it's just, this guy cannot fail. This is going to be, when it's his time to go up, when NXT is kind of, he's exhausted all his options, when it's his time to go up to the main, this is built for the main roster. In the way the Banner's entrance with the arms up and the lights was built for the main roster and so on. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking this is, this is too big a thing just for NXT. This is going to be incredible. And then it happened. And... I mean, first of all, Karrion Cross' debut on Monday Night Raw was announced with, what, maybe an hour before it happened mm-hmm. on Twitter? Yeah. And it was like, oh, why? Okay, then. And he was still, at this point, the un- undefeated NXT champion. Mm-hmm. So you're thinking, this is an opportunity to showcase this guy. This is going to be superb. Here we go. He's going to come in, destroy someone, walk out, the music, the smoke, and it's going to be amazing. And everyone, and I'm thinking, brilliant, because people are going to watch NXT next week to see this guy again. There's a buzz about him. And then when he returns to the main roster, I'm thinking, this is such a clever move by WWE. First of all, he comes out. There's no Scarlet. So straight away, I'm like, right, this is not right. There's no real fanfare or smoke or whatever on his entrance. I mean, there's there's a bit for him, but it's not as you would expect with the production levels WWE have, especially on the main roster. And, and then he loses straight away in the matter of minutes. And I'm thinking, yeah, I'm thinking, okay, is he is he losing to some youngster? And this guy is going to be, it's going to make this guy's career because he's got this shock. No, 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 no. He's losing to broken down, unreliable Jeff Hardy. Absolutely no bear to this. This has basically cut him off at the knees. Now, his roster, his main event run then, sorry, his main roster run then, we ended up having more losses 50-50 booking back and forth I think was it Keith Lee potentially he won and then lost to and something like yeah, that but I again so. yeah but very much a case of nothing spectacular and then he turns up dressed as a bloody gladiator Roman soldier effort and it's oh my god what are they doing they literally had the blueprint there in front of them this is how you make this guy a star mm-hmm. but no and then he, and now, obviously, he, he's back and looked incredible when he arrived on SmackDown. I think having a bit of hair helps him. But the leather jacket, he looked like really a killer had, again. Now, the hair, I think, he suits being bold because it's okay. very, for me, it's very reminiscent of the Hitman character from, from the games. Right, okay. And that that's what what drew me to, to him as, as Killer Crosser. He, he was the silent assassin and, and his mouthpiece was Scarlet. And I think that's why she was so important to him in, in NXT. She kind of like laid the groundwork for him to come in and, and destroy every, everyone. Mm. And then when he came up to the main roster without her, you could see, you could, it, it, it kind of highlighted his limitations yeah, uh, not saying he's awful on the microphone. Uh, he's definitely got that kind of uh, uh, intense brooding um, um, mindset, but she was certainly the the kind of it factor for him. And to bring them up 
well, to bring him up on his own and then put the current NXT champion in a losing effort to, like I said, to uh, a Jeff Hardy who wasn't going anywhere on the main roster, uh, wasn't in any kind of real defined storylines or uh, having a massive push, very unreliable. It, 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 it cut him off at the kneecaps straight yeah, totally. away for absolutely no reason. And it, not only did it ruin him on the main roster... It also made the rest of NXT look look third rate because he mm-hmm. was the best at that time of, of NXT, and mm-hmm. he was handily beaten by Jeff Hardy, which which means by wrestling math that that Jeff Hardy could destroy everyone else on the NXT roster. It, it, it was nonsensical from a company that often does ridiculous booking. This had absolutely no. No basis in reality. What was the point of calling him up for that? There was yeah. absolutely no point whatsoever. Uh, so, yeah, totally agree with you. And I am so glad he's getting that second chance. And it looks like a lot of wrestlers are going to be having that second chance uh, under the, the stewardship of, of Triple H. Uh, the rumours of, of wrestlers who were maybe uh, either one foot out of the company or, or were never going to look to come back are considering coming back. I mean, we've recently had, what, Dakota Car come back. Mm-hmm. Who, another ridiculous release. I think she was uh, she she was a kind of gatekeeper in the women's uh, division in NXT. Uh, super, super talented. And there was no reason for her to be cut. Uh, well, maybe she, tur- maybe she turned down that Vince money. Who knows? <laughs> well, no, I mean, <laughs> he, he was throwing around millions and millions. Uh. Um, but yeah, uh, hopefully uh, it won't be the last we'll see of uh, of wrestlers getting a, a second bat at the main roster cherry. Yeah, exactly. But there you go. That is your Hall of Lame class for this week. The bloody annoying and ridiculous dubbing of music and cutting of moments on the network and Karrion Cross being a gladiator or some crap. It's, it, 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 it's crap. It's lame. So it suits it. So there we go. Both both worthy inductees into the Hall of Lame magazine. Yeah, and Scottish Danny makes a good point. Uh, Dexter Loomis bringing back another yep. brilliant character in NXT. Uh, nonsensical cut and then comes up to main roster. Exactly the same character as he plays on NXT. And he fit. it looks like he fits like a glove. Uh, hopefully mm-hmm. he'll, he'll get a, a really good run. Um, so yeah, uh, all hail the Triple H era. Mate, I nearly watched War- I nearly, nearly watched Raw this week. I'm not there yet. Mm, no, I'm I say more nearly. Interested. <laughs> <laughs> I'm more interested than I've been in a long time in main roster. Mm. Uh, but I'm not quite there yet. No, no. There we go. Uh, have we got anything in the chats we need to quickly cover before we get on with this week's non-wrestling topic? Yes, sir. So, Con um, says, thanks for the shout-out. The Premier League is keeping busy. Yeah, um, keep at it. As long as you're enjoying it, then keep at it, sir. And Marcus says, both Tottenham goals were fishy at best. D- d- you're right, but it's that's that's football, and, it, and it's looking like the big spenders are, uh, are struggling. I mean, not to rub salt in the wounds, uh, sir, but your guys are not doing good. Oh, we're, we're, we're shocking, mate. Absolutely terrible. And I'm I'm not going to get into it now because Sharon's in the chat and she's already heard me rant about it for the last two days solid. So. <laughs> <laughs> ten hog ball, ten hog out already. <laughs> ten hog is not the issue, but we're not going to get no, into it. We're we not know what it. the issue is. Yes. Uh, 
Scott Stanley saying Sai is getting repackaged. And Simon Ray! Preston. <laughs> uh, and he also agrees that the um, dubbing of music on the network is is the bane. Uh, and again, I understand why WWE like to cross every T and dot every R. We get that with the name changes of wrestlers, but it, it does take away your your, your memories of, of wrestling. Yeah. Um, it, it shows how important a good theme song is to a wrestler. Um, it, it gets you excited before that wrestler even comes out of the from behind the curtain so yeah it's, it's a bit sad when you hear generic uh music um another good shout by cam not being able to download grand's my gears um yeah if that would be amazing for for things like road journeys or or if like you're on holiday to be able to download a couple of wwe shows uh to to fill a few hours that'd be good you know, that's that's something that's, ne- that's never affected me to be honest whether that's with the network or with Netflix or anything like that, being able to download... You can, you can download now on Netflix. Yeah, but what I mean is it's never something that I've ever even thought about doing. Mm. It's never it's never entered my life. To, I don't know why that is, because there are times when maybe we're on holiday and it's the middle of the afternoon and they, we've been to the beach in the morning and we've got something planned in the evening and there's a lull in the afternoon I'm thinking, bloody hell, I wish I had something to watch. I should just download it somewhere, shouldn't I? Yeah. You should, and but you can't if it's the WWE Network. That's well, the, yeah, that's, that's that's the whole point. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Scottish Danny, the 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 king of obs- obscure facts, says there is the one encyclopedia. Smackdown. He is a, definitely an encyclopedia, um, and also the Canning Town Stabber. But we won't go nah. there. Um, <laughs> there is one SmackDown episode from August two thousand two that still has the uh, Hulk using the Voodoo Child. We must cherish it. Why? put that in in the ether though danny because that's now, gone though yeah vince he watches this show and he'll mm. be like hunter get that song off my network <laughs> goddamn hendrix <laughs> <laughs> um scott Stan agrees with you as well saying he, they absolutely shat the bed with that uh the, the debut of uh carrying cross yeah it was horrific and Sharon saying Matt Morgan wasn't there. Oh, poor stuttering uh, Matt Morgan. That's when you said about him being the blueprint. Well, they had the blueprint, I suppose I said, mm-hmm. didn't I, maybe? So, yeah. yeah. Sharon, Sharon Matt liked Morgan's Matt Morgan. the guy whose uh, his DNA was sent to space. What? I think it was that. I'm, I'm going to fact check that, but I'm sure his DNA was chosen to get sent into space. What, in like a, a wrestling storyline? No, no, I think it's real. In real life? I'm going to check now. Really? I hope you've not just made that up in the heat, feeling a bit, you know, wobbly. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's on the immortality drive. So the immortality is a large memory device that has been taken to the International Space Station and it contains the fully digitised DNA sequences of a few select um, humans, such as Stephen Hawking, Stephen Colbert... Playboy model Joe Garcia, uh, pro wrestler Matt Morgan, um, fancy authors Tracy and Laura Hickman, and athlete Lance Armstrong. Oof, that one has an mm, age. Well, Lance Armstrong, yeah. yeah. Matt, Matt Morgan, uh, yeah, his, uh, his DNA is in space. So if we ever get invaded, like we ain't got to worry about Cybermen or Daleks or anything like that. We've got to worry about people copying, aliens copying Matt Morgan's DNA, and we're going to be invaded by armies of cloned playboy models and a guy from impact wrestling <laughs> is that what's gonna it, <laughs> it's not a bad way to to go 
to be fair. I, well, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> oh, brilliant. Um, Connor saying that Arsenal's won two in a row. Yeah, you, you're still an Arsenal fan, aren't you? Uh, I'm happy uh, for now, although they'll disappoint me sometime. <laughs> Welcome to the world of football, because yeah. your team will forever, forever disappoint you. Yeah. Um, just look at me and Burnley. Um, and Sharon says it's because you never leave home for long, <laughs> long <laughs> enough to to watch a, a pay per view. Brilliant. No, that's it. I could probably download like maybe the ad break or something. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, there we go. Maxi, shall we uh, shall we jump across to our non-wrestling topic this week and have a little chat about what the CWF have been sending in? Let's do it, sir. NWT time. Oh! No wrestling talk here. It's the non-wrestling topic. Lovely. Nice. Lovely. Nice. Oh, lovely. Lovely. <laughs> Okie doke. Uh, basically, this week we decided, after the very, very sad news of Olivia Newton John passing, literally just before we went on air last week, uh, it kind of ended up just being stuck in my head about celebrities passing away and those deaths that, you know, really got to us. But then also the other side of the coin, celebrating how much we did enjoy them whilst they were with us and enjoy their the different levels of art, whether it's the acting, the music, the wrestling, the whatever. So kind of asked a few people to, well, the CWF to send in, send in theirs. And we had, we had quite a bit come in, Maxie, didn't we? We did. But before we get to that, um, do you want to let the CWF know what you thought would have been a good idea for the second topic? Because you did want, you did pause two topics, didn't you? Well, so what initially, what Initially, what I was going to be the second, the the secondary topic to this because you thought this was was a little bit morbid. That... Yeah, the, the initially I liked the idea, and then after about an hour or two, I was like, actually, that's just talking about loads of people who have passed away. Is that going to get a bit depressing? Yeah. So I messaged which is, you which back. Is a fair point. Yeah, I, right. I, I understand that point. But what was your what was your well, alternative? If you didn't, what if the CWF didn't want to mention uh, passing of celebrities? What other uh, outlet were you uh, were you putting forward that they could talk about? Again, Olivia Newton John being the, the thing. That- <laughs> Don't try and link it. This is not the chair wrestling part. No, that's that's the reason why. Like, I'm, I'm- cause so. <laughs> Fucking musicals. People who have passed away in your favourite sing-alongs. <laughs> <laughs> You're the one in a one. You are the one in a one. Oh. <laughs> uh, but there we go. There we go. Yeah. So yeah, you you sent me a a, a virtual via WhatsApp slap across the face and said, "Don't be so stupid." <laughs> but and I mean, I've outed you, but I will also say, ah. Uh, uh, did shit on the CWF as well in that very same chat because you mentioned about uh, being worried it'd be a little bit morbid and a little bit uh, dark um, and then come forward with, with saying how we can use this to to celebrate the, 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 the laughs and the achievements of these people, which is a great way of looking at it. But I, I propose that the CWF, knowing them as we know them, they would put forward the likes of Hitler or Mm. Shipman or Fred West as some of their favourites. 
But I've mentioned one which I I knew would get put forward as yeah. somebody who uh, who will be sorely missed with the CWF, and it was Jimmy Savile. And what was the first? What was the first reply we oh, got to dear. this topic, sir? It, I reckon within minutes. <laughs> we had UTT Rob from yes, the did. UTT podcast and UTT Tank and all that other great content he provides there. Uh, he says, it's a funny one. We think we know celebrities as they are a massive part of our lives, but we don't really know them at all. When Jimmy Savile died. <laughs> oh, dear, dear, dear. <laughs> I called it. I called oh. this happening. <laughs> He says, when Jimmy Savile died, I was devastated, and I had to take down my phone. <laughs> and I'm still not over it now. <laughs> no. Um, no, he doesn't say that at all. Sorry, Rob. He says, when Jimmy Savile died, the whole of Leeds was basically in mourning. He got the Yorkshire equivalent of a state funeral, and we all know how that turned out. Mm, yes, we do. Yes. But it is funny how, you know, I suppose, not funny. <laughs> you shouldn't laugh about it, but stuff coming out after the fact affects what you're thinking about those individuals, I guess, isn't it? So, And it, it does make a good point that we can sometimes put uh, famous people on pedestals and think um, that sometimes the sun shines out of their ass when really you don't know the person um, yeah. outside the, the, the character they, they portray to the, pub, to the public. Uh, and these can be as as dark or as troubled or or just as as flawed as any human being so yeah the the whole kind of uh celebrity uh, worship for me is it's an interesting concept because mm. these are just normal people except they live their life in in the public eye yeah exactly exactly uh rob's partner in crime mr dan griffin at dan griffin 21 he says here, celebrity deaths to hit me hard from most recent backwards. Bernard Cribbins, his work on Doctor Who as Wilfred Mott meant, means so much to me. I was very upset that he passed before the 60th anniversary special. Yeah, because he filmed scenes for the 60th and, and so on. So yeah, it's going to be emotional when those air. I tried so Chester Bellington, yeah, another great shape. Well, such a talented musician whose music shaped my teenage years and who was so beloved to commit suicide felt so sad and it was such a cruel twist of fate. Yeah, I mean, Linkin Park, man, those first couple of albums especially, it, I didn't appreciate them when they were... The first album, Hybrid Theory, I loved. After that, I didn't really appreciate Linkin Park for a long old time. Okay. And it, it's more... It was before he passed away but it's more in recent years I've gone back and listened to other albums but actually this isn't too bad you know but that first album is a stormer the the issue I have with it is hearing his life story uh, mm -hmm. after his passing and hearing what the, the songs were about because he was the principal songwriter um, and knowing the, the abuse he he, uh, he suffered 
from his uncle and knowing that's what the majority of his songs were about they, they are really hard to listen to now because yeah you're listening to somebody bear their soul uh and bear all the issues that they've had in in, in music it, it's just it's very jarring to for me to listen to so i've kind of like um, stayed away. I mean, you listen to like songs like Papercut and, and Crawling and, and things mm. like that, and, and you know that this is a guy who who was tortured by a, a a member of his own family, and it's a song that you sing along because you, the words are catchy. I mean, ev- yep. every great song has catchy lyrics and a, a and a, a hook that drags you in, but to know what those words actually meant to him, yeah, it's a uh, it sends a, a cold shiver down your spine sometimes. Yeah, yeah, very much so. Uh, Dan says here as well, Eddie Guerrero, similar to Chester, a man whose work brought such joy to my teen years, to then to not be there so suddenly was jarring and upsetting, as was the tribute roar. Yeah, Guerrero, man. That was that was horrific, wasn't it? It was, you know. It, it was. As, as wrestling fans, I'm sure... It's almost unanimous the, the the passing of Eddie Guerrero affected so many wrestling fans. Um, yeah, it was so sad. And then he goes on to mention Owen Hart, which is yes, which is one that a lot of us witnessed in in front of our eyes happen. And that's when for for a lot of people, wrestling became less of uh, an entertainment show, more real life. Um, mm-hmm. That these people were putting their bodies and in Owen's case and, and Eddie's case their lives on the line for, for your entertainment uh, incredibly incredibly sad yeah yeah very much so ah oh dear somebody we haven't heard from from a little while here Magsy uh, it's Chris Mangle at Mangle underscore Chris all the way from Australia sending us a tweet which is fantastic for him it says here Freddie Mercury, especially as it happened quickly, he says in, in speech commas, which, you know, is, is I suppose, true because it was he was ill for a long time, but it was only announced shortly before his passing that he was ill uh, and so on. Uh, most of the kids at school found it funny, Chris says. Yeah, kids are dicks sometimes. Mm-hmm. Kurt Cobain, Princess Di, and more recently Robin Williams, although I never really appreciated any of them apart from Cobain until they died. Okay. And Princess Di is a funny one for me. She meant so much to so many people. And it was, of course, incredibly sad. But I've not got a personal or, or, or even a, a fandom-style connection in a way, I guess. But it was incredibly sad, of course. Kurt Cobain, you know, Nirvana breaking from... Nevermind was, what, 91? I was 10, pushing 11. I, I listened to Nirvana and so on, but I, I didn't really get into them until after Kurt Cobain had passed away, I guess. But what a songwriter. Some of the music that Nirvana produced on, on those albums are absolutely superb. And on that note as well, Freddie Mercury. I mean, we're supposed to you know, try to celebrate the, the life of these people. That guy vocally, why? And you see some of the performances, the famous Wembley ones for Live Aid and then the, the, the Queen concert itself. They re-show it on the Sky Arts channel quite often. It's always worth, even, just, even if you just catch 10 minutes, it's always worth putting it on because this guy was a master performer, Magazine, wasn't he? So, so good. Not only is a problem just the charisma from one human being that, that it should be illegal that a gash can be so 
charismatic, um, so talented in every every single facet of music. Um, mm-hmm. The guy could play pretty much any instrument that was put in front of him. His vocal range was amazing. His songwriting was was up there with the very very best. Uh, and a, as a performer, he's he will go. He goes down in infamy. It's as simple and clear as that. Yeah. So that's a, a massive, massive loss. The the Diana one is is interesting. Again, I'm kind of like you. I didn't have a a lot of kind of personal um, fandom, as you put it, for 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 Diana. But one thing I do think about when I think about Diana is how um, relatable she was as as a yeah. royal. Um, for me, before Diana came along, and, and certainly afterwards, the royals have been kind of um, out of touch, I suppose, with the, the common person. I mean, God, God, God absolutely bless Liz. She's, uh, she's been a, a, an amazing servant to the country. And over the last few years, she's really kind of grown as a, as a public figure. Um, but I think Diana was was one of the people uh, and the stuff that she did uh, in terms of like charities with UNICEF and, and landmines. Um, yeah, she did so much good for the the face of the royal family uh, mm. that it, it was sad that she was essentially murdered by the press because they, they had to have their their pound of flesh, their... Yeah their kind of uh, photos of, of, of stories that really wasn't even in the public interest. And I think the one good thing coming out of Diana's passing is that the press are now being held accountable for, for the stuff they do. It's, it's not just a free-for-all where if you're famous, you have to be answerable to the, to the, the media at all times. Um, but, yeah, it was... Uh, a, a very very sad day when when uh, she and uh, Dory passed away. Yeah, very much so, very much so. Relatable, I think, is a really good way of putting it, Maxie. I, I couldn't find the words, but that's spot on. Yeah, definitely. Uh, uh, William Kitchen at the Appliance One Eighty on Twitter. Good to hear from you again, my friend. He says here uh, a bit more for Owen Hart and Eddie Guerrero. Actually, hit even harder than other wrestlers who died relatively young. And then with Man City being his club safe of the border since he was a kid, Mark Vivian Foe's sudden demise stunned me. And we'll also say that George Best's funeral left me in tears. Now, obviously, we touched upon Owen uh, uh, and Guerrero earlier on. Uh, Mark Vivian Foe, good footballer. But again, I, I didn't see much of it. I saw him play live, actually, to be fair. Mm-hmm. He, was, he was at West Ham, and I saw him play for West Ham against Birmingham City. And I just remember him being the blackest man I've ever seen in my life. Oh, Jesus. Like, wept. honestly, insanely dark colored, you know? And it was, I was like, I was quite young. I was like, wow, okay. But I also remember him being so quick across the ground. But that stood out to me because of how mm-hmm. big the fella was. It didn't look like the speed he was going matched him because he was such a big, you know, big, muscly guy. And I was yeah. like, that, it was so impressive. And it was off a, a dead start as well. Like off, a, off, off, you know, boom, gone. Not to 60 and whatever. It was it, unbelievably quick. And I don't know whether it's because we don't focus on that particular aspect of a player in that role, having that level of pace. But I was amazed of how quick he was, Maxi. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, for, for me, things like that, it's... it's 
always the loss of potential that 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 I would get upset about because he was so young, still very early in, the, in his career, um, and you you just can never tell what he could have gone on to do, uh, mm-hmm. and for him to 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 pass away, yeah, it's, it's sad. It's such a sad waste of uh, an amazing talent. Yeah, very much so. And obviously, William here mentions George Best's funeral. What entertainment that guy bore. You know, obviously the store is away from football in his life. He did some bad things, of course, but let's not, we try not to be negative here. You look at the stories of his, his, you know, legendary drinking parties and his abilities to go out and just, you know, just mingle the stars and party away and so on. And then the following morning, wake up and score three goals at Anfield or something. It's just absolutely mental. You mean you, we would go out on on the lash and we'd be dead for two days? He yeah. goes out and and like I said, goes out and and absolutely destroys a team on his own. The the skill that that guy had was it was mind blowing, absolutely mm. mind blowing. And it, it he was the typical kind of tortured genius. He had a yeah. he had a vast uh, um, and. It, Another one of those. What could have happened if if that party's uh, laugh wasn't there? Uh, but either way, he had a um, a Hall of Fame level career, um, and yeah, it, it's sad when characters like that uh, pass because it makes football that little bit darker. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, any younger listeners or anyone who's not seen some of the highlights of this guy, just type into YouTube George Best's best goals or greatest mm-hmm. skills or whatever. There, there's one where he cuts in from the left-hand side, beats three players, and and there's another time he scored six against Northampton in the FA Cup. Uh, there's one when he's playing in the States in the very early 80s, and he just mugs off like five defenders all inside the penalty box. And it's just insanely good. It's like a, it's like when some of them, especially that one in, in when he's playing in the, the very early versions of the American soccer leagues, it's like when you're a kid at school and you're in like the first year and the year 11s come over and so they're going to join in your game yeah. and you just can't get the ball off them. That's what George Best was and, like, even at that stage in his life. In yeah, you're just watching yeah. all slack jawed. How yes, how so. can this this guy do that with a football? Yeah, yeah. unreal. So good. Uh, we have a bit more from our friend Dan Griffin, actually. He says here, uh, Stan Lee, his life and work with Marvel Comics spawned animated TV shows I loved as a kid and movies and comics I loved as an adult. He was a voice of equality for so many decades and brought so much joy. It was incredibly sad when he passed. Now, mm-hmm. This is entering a world I'm not massively familiar with. My wife is more the fan of the Marvel, DC, and all that kind of uh, that scenario. However, whenever I've caught bits and bobs of films, he would pop up and have a little character. Really, I love that. That's you know things like that, that even without really knowing the history or, or knowing the background of it all, that used to always make me smile. Yeah, uh, and I think what what's more sad about the. Uh, the the passing of Stanley is is the way he was financially abused in the last few years of his life um, to the point where and I'm sure Sharon will be able to correct me if I'm wrong but he was pretty much in abject poverty when he uh, early oh, passed okay. and um, the people who were meant to be looking after him were were essentially ripping him off uh, which is incredibly sad 
the the amount of stuff he's brought to the comic and then obviously the Marvel Cinematic Universe world um, and for him to go out the way he did, yeah, it's uh, very, very sad. Yeah, but again, brought so much enjoyment to everybody. So there's, you know, right from young kids watching the cartoons to my, again, like I said, my wife and my mother-in-law and my daughters will all go off and watch a film together now, and it, that's a legacy there. That is, you know, absolutely so much enjoyment, you know. Yeah, uh, Dan's confirmed it. Uh, I, I, I thought that I was right, but yeah, Dan's saying that he was a victim of, of abuse. Larry and his family was siphoning off his funds. Yeah. Mm. ridiculous uh next up we have scottish danny at scottish juggalo on twitter check him out on the new show back when which i believe starts as a monthly show so episode one is out now and look out for the next one and send in some suggestions as well as to you and look at for you but yeah danny says rick mail still doesn't feel real this man was so full of charisma and energy not a week goes by where i'm not laughing at a clip of his work on youtube I think if he was still alive, he'd still be doing comedy, maybe a podcast. I always wanted to see a bottom reunion. Yeah, Rick Mayo, man. And Dan Griffin actually continues as well. Uh, annoyed I forgot Rick Mayo from my list. I still remember where I was when I found out the world felt a lot less funny instantly. And that is true. And Rick Mayo, man. So much laughter and different aspects of his career as well. Just absolutely a joy, wasn't he? Yes, yeah, such a such a clever comedian i mean he was more known for that the the kind of childish uh irreverent comedy that that us as as middle-aged blokes love the the whole (laughs) part uh uh amazing but the 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 work on uh the, the young ones and even in blackadder just the the range the guy had uh and even in in serious roles the guy was super super talented and as dan said i don't think you can you can say any better than the world feeling a lot less fun uh as soon as you you found out that he's passed yeah what a what an again another another sh- waste of talent um mm. well not so much waste because obviously um we got the the opportunity to to uh to share his talent but he's just gone way too soon we yeah it's it's very very sad yeah yeah definitely and my wife there actually mentions the film in the chat as well drop dead fred was the best and that's some of the aspects i sort of look at with rick mayo and again we're trying to sort of focus on the positive of these individuals and 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 the joy they brought us i loved the tv show bottom i was a little bit I was a little bit too young for the young ones the first time round. I've since obviously gone back and watched it, and I find it very, very funny. But for me, Rick Mayall was Richie with Eddie in the flat, and my sister adored Drop Dead Fred. So that was the two. And of course, he's he's you know he's green and he's like this. It's it's just different to me as a kid. It's so different to what he was as Richie. Very similar mannerisms, of course, because the same guy playing them, but so much joy bought in these two in one in this film role and then in this this tv series where he's just this sniveling little gross dude but it's ah oh, just an absolute absolutely uh rob at green rob 84 literally just sent us a gif of george michael and yeah george michael I mean, <laughs> he's one of those george michael that my wife is a bigger fan than i but what i hear of his music i always enjoy yeah. I mean, Faith is a great tune. 
and then obviously the Christmas record as well, and so on. But yeah, it's uh, no, it's a funny one again. Christmas every year, you hear that song, don't you? And it brings yeah. a smile to people's faces, and people all sing along, and all that sort of stuff. And, and that's a great legacy to have, yeah, absolutely. And uh, for me, I'm, I'm kind of like you, I wasn't, uh, I, I wouldn't say I was an out and out massive George Michael fan, it just wasn't my um type of music. Um, but I did kind of uh, get a lot more respect for him uh, when he did the, I think it was Outside. He did a song called Outside. And That's right. Where he was really starting to embrace his, his sexuality, uh, mm-hmm. which uh, for me uh, as a teen then, it was not something that was really talked about um, for like this massive pop star to be uh, coming out and saying, it's fine to, to be gay. Um just as long as you're you're happy that it it, it was like a, a huge change uh, that the world had, had, had was finally starting to to open it, its eyes and uh, accept that people have different sexualities and and it's yeah. not wrong it's not a bad thing you love uh, who you who you want to love and um, yeah that I think that was one of the if not the first one of the 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 very early times that I. Uh, I saw the influence that famous people could have over kind of changing the perceptions of uh, of, of society. So, uh, I've, as as much of a, not a fan of his music as as I was, uh, the fact that he did so much for 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 the the LGBT community, yeah, um, it's a massive, massive loss. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And as always, Muggsy, we say chain wrestling is for everyone. You love who you love. doesn't matter mm-hmm. to us. Okay. Uh, we have Project Football Podcast at Proj underscore foot. Just give us a little list of names here. Uh, Cyril Regis, Roddy Piper, Ultimate Warrior, and Rick Mail. Obviously, Rick Mail we've touched upon. Mm-hmm. The Warrior was a funny one for me because there are so many stories about how much of a piece of crap this man was. Mm-hmm. But I remember Warrior being the guy with the face paint and the crazy hair and uh, and me being 10 years old and just being mesmerized by this guy. So it was really sad when he passed because the me as a kid was sad, I guess the, the sort of inner child or whatever you, how you, you want to word it. But again, a very limited performer, but so many great memories from his career that as a, as a child, I loved. Yeah. Um, absolutely. Uh, the same. And, uh, he, he, sometimes his passing gets, uh, lumped in with, uh, the likes of Benoit where you, some people kind of struggle to separate the character, uh, and the man. And I, I understand that some of the things that he said and some of his uh, mindsets and, and ideologies were abhorrent, absolutely abhorrent. But the difference between him and Benoit for me was, he in these past uh in the last six months of his life he built rebuilt a lot of bridges uh he mm-hmm. fixed a lot of uh uh the the arguments that he'd had over the years um certainly didn't take back a lot of the stuff he said uh, that's granted but it's eerie listening to his last speech after accepting the the hall of fame um uh, in, induction and then the raw after wrestlemania and he talks about uh one day every person breathes their last and within hours he breathed his last um that was very um it's almost like he predicted that it was going to happen um 
which which is for me very very eerie uh but i'm along the same lines as you the memories i've got of him are as a kid watching him run to the ring and and essentially goldberg people uh three minutes in out there shake the ropes do a war dance gorilla press slam uh and and out there um he was exciting he was a, a shit wrestler but he was yeah. exciting he, he got people <laughs> he got people energized for wrestling and yeah you, you can't take away that legacy mm. yeah definitely yeah, there we go. Uh, James at 80s and 90s wrestling on Twitter. Another shout for Rick Mayo here. Lots of love for Rick Mayo. And that guy gets mentioned so often on chain wrestling, as, as mm-hmm. Scottish Danny said in the uh, in the chat. He, he mentioned you know, Rick Mayo gets mentioned all the time in various different subjects, and his name just keeps popping up. So, yeah, much respect to Rick Mayo. Uh, Adam Yauch, York, okay. Y-A-U-C-H. I'm not, not familiar with who that is. I'm not familiar, but I can certainly do a quick Google. Okay. And more recently, Sean Locke. Oh, man, that, that was terrible when Sean Locke passed away. But again, I, looking at the... Uh, I know, I know he's, he, who Adam York is. He's, um, okay. From the Beastie Boys. Ah, right. Okay. Yeah. Okay, fair enough. Uh, saying about Sean Locke as well, though. Okay, I suppose it's a comedian thing, similar to Rick Mayall and all that, isn't it? They spent so much time making us laugh, and then they they pass away. It's it almost seems more difficult because of the joy they've given us, I guess. But with Sean Locke, he was on my TV so much because I loved Catster's Countdown. I love eight out of ten cats. Is stand up and so on, and you can always see reruns of that wherever. Can I don't know what channels they're on, but they're on UK Gold or whatever. There's always reruns of this on More Four, etc. You could probably go downstairs and and bring up the bring up the box now and find Sean Locke on Teddy somewhere. So that was a real weird one for me because I'd seen so many things with him in, and he genuinely would make me roar and cry with laughter. But he was just so bloody funny. So then, you know, he passed away at a, a, a still very relatively young age. Incredibly sad. But again, so much joy that, that he brought to people. Yeah. Um, that that was one that I was so shocked about because um, I've, I've uh, like like you, uh, in him on uh, 8 out of 10 cats and, and, and countdown and things like that. Uh, but I've seen his, uh, his live show uh, a couple of times. The guy has such amazing comic timing, but he's mm. also he's the kind of comedian a, a little bit like uh, Peter Kay uh, up, up here in the north that he he talks like us, he acts yeah. like us, and and with uh, Sean Locke, he, he's like a a southern bloke, uh, just a normal southern bloke who he doesn't seem like he's he's a a famous celebrity or a, anything like it just seems like a, a, a standard funny bloke. And yeah, he, he has, he was just such a, such a comedy genius. And, and I think what hit me most about him was how out of nowhere it was. I mean, the guy had been, um, had been battling cancer for so long and, and nobody knew not mm. nobody knew at all so that was like a a bolt out of the blue yeah uh very very um yeah shocking uh yeah, and he's a and he is a massive massive loss yeah yeah definitely uh we have a message here from ben at witticisms of ben on twitter 
Mm-hmm. Nice of you to join us, my friend. He says here, two fairly recent ones have got me. Chadwick Boseman was just so sudden, and it was crazy to think he kept working when he had such a terrible illness. And Taylor Hawkins was a heartbreaker. Yeah, now Taylor Hawkins obviously is from the Foo Fighters. So I'm familiar <laughs> with, with that person. But again, the Foo Fighters doesn't have a massive personal link with me. They're not one of my, my, my most favorite bands. But again, a young person passing away, still incredibly sad. And the Foo Fighters did some great stuff, I, I guess. But it's just not something I would go to straight off the bat. Um, Chadwick Boseman. Who's that, Max? So that's Black Panther. Okay, my wife will be sat downstairs now, going for God's sake, Simon, and rolling her eyes at me. Is it Wakanda Forever or something like that? Okay, yeah, no, that is, yeah, yeah, no, very true. I, I can't really comment on either of those, to be fair, because I've not seen the film, and Foo Fighters aren't one of my Chad, favourites. Chadwick, Chadwick, and <laughs> Dan Griffin, I ain't seen that, <laughs> um, but yeah, he was an, another one, kind of like Sean Lott, where he was suffering in silence with a, mm. a, a terrible illness and yeah and it was a massive shock because he was literally on the cusp of becoming a, a mega star i mean his performance in in uh in um, black panther was it it rightly received all the plaudits in the world he, he was a, an actor who i didn't really know anything of before his uh his entrance in the, into the mcu and yeah he, he was a, a really really good uh the taylor hawkins one i'm i was a a, a pretty big Foo fighters fan so that was uh a big shock and again like i said it's big because he's so young um and it's just sad it's just it feels like a waste it really really does and um mm. the second best drummer in in the Foo Fighters uh passed away way too soon dude um, <laughs> oh, excuse me <clears throat> uh ben continues here i'm now mulling on this sean Locke was ever worldly in his comedy style and timing pretty much mirroring what you were saying magsy yeah. uh, i fought for a while on cats countdown he looked unwell but never expected it what a mind what a loss yeah i mean we've, we've covered sean lot but I totally agree with what ben was saying there an incredibly sad loss but an incredibly funny man brought so much joy to so many people for so long yeah absolutely if, if you get the chance to definitely watch his uh a couple of his stand-up shows i think one's called purple van man uh and then the other one i think he's just called sean lock live um it's an hour where you will you will be creased with with laughter. It's just so hilariously yeah. funny. Yeah, it, it, and again, like you said, actually, really relatable as well. You know, I mean, the ones the one little thing I've seen him do. I don't know it was, it was part of stand up, but I can't say you know exactly which one it was. Where he was like, oh, "I love drinking. I do." You all see my mm. little face when I go out drinking. I'm so happy, and I relate to that. So <laughs> he, he, he told a joke on one of them, which are uh, it's it's. One of those things, you know, where you hear something on TV or in a film and it becomes part of your your laugh and you repeating it over and over again. Um, yeah. He tells a joke uh, about um, basically doing a, a skit on EastEnders uh, about cheating on his wife. Um, and <laughs> um, basically on his deathbed, uh, his wife leans over his coffin and says... Um, I never found any pod, uh, so thanks for that. He says, but I know 
where it is you because you're a dirty bastard aren't you and then he comes up wakes up and he goes you'll never find it it's in the other flat the one you don't know about and then he does the doof doof doof, 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 doof. <laughs> and it just creases me so uh yeah me and me and the wife are always saying you'll never find it it's in the other flat um so yeah when when, when something like that invades your normal life afterwards you, that's when you know somebody's hilariously funny so yeah, yeah definitely gonna check out some show on lot comedy yeah definitely sharon and i have um two obvious ones really one from the office and one from brooklyn 99 and it's it's always that's what she said on oh, that's the title of your sex tape it's just and it's so childish and pathetic but now it's got to that stage where if one of us says something that is a potential that's what she said or title of your sex tape and the other person doesn't like jump on it. I I feel like I'm going to explode. I'm like, oh, somebody say it. Yeah, you know, it's like say what? it. <laughs> yeah, a, a lot of ours come from uh, the RT crowd. Uh, like, yeah. Um, there's one where um, they say, "What operating system is as the robot guy?" And he goes, "Vista." And then Moz is, "We're going to die." And <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh, we're just bunking off. Yeah, things like that. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah. The way they just invade you and you you just repeat them all the time, yeah, hilarious. Yeah, good stuff, man. It's good stuff. Uh, Steve O at Total Steve O on Twitter. He did join us briefly in the chat, but he has left again. So it's nice to see you pop in and say hi, Steve O. Really appreciate that, my friend. Uh, and he says here, hmm, very dark subject matter. Thankfully, I haven't experienced too much grief. And on the two occasions when someone close to me died was first six years ago a close friend who was a work colleague passed away of cancer that hit me hard when i was told uh, i actually have an interesting anecdote about how the news was broke to me but won't write it here okay anyhow my dad sadly passed away a year ago once again no matter what my personal issues were of my dad that hit me very hard mm-hmm. as a fellow burnley fan at like mags i do think about dad when we play and was the only thing that kept us in contact even writing this, or when I occasionally talk about him on the stream regarding Burnley, something inside me makes me want to shed a tear. The reason I'm writing this is that the d- deaths of famous people I don't particularly get affected by, as I don't really know them. Yes, there are some that I've been surprised at and have fond memories of, i.e. Nigel Pearson or Mike Dickin of TalkSport, but for me it's the tributes that hit me the hardest uh, with <laughs> these individuals. When Sir Bobby Robson passed, I shed a tear seeing the tribute video wwe are a prime example of this i have no real connection with owen hart but seeing the video package of memories but more importantly the individual videos done by various wrestlers close to Hart was was hard to watch i just thought of another celeb he puts here where the show was a big part of my life and at the hour-long tribute show caused me to shed a tear was mick aston of time team died very young and seeing the tributes you can see how much high regard he had on the show was genuinely upsetting yeah so uh, it's a funny one isn't it really because i mean steve they're saying he's it's different it's sort of a different context of him i guess with his messages he sent into the show but with the whole the the, the individual from time team passing away hitting him it, again it's that kind of that fandom you have isn't it i mean i've got a couple that w- will come to after we've gone through twitter as we normally do magazine that other people might not be as bothered about because they're not as much of a fan of that aspect of, of what they do as other people, if that makes sense. It's, it's how they affect your individual lives, isn't it? Mm-hmm. You're, you're absolutely right. It's, um, 
if you have grown up with uh, a certain TV character or a certain actor, actress, singer, whatever, um, they it can affect you. And yet, the someone who who lives in the same house as, as, as you might not have that same feeling because they don't yeah. have that emotional connection to you. So it, it is incredibly uh, subjective. Uh, for example, someone who uh, died pretty recently uh, that um, that affected affected me would would not necessarily affect you. So uh, the, uh, there's a show called Friday Night Dinner, and the actor mm-hmm. uh, Paul Ritter played the dad, Martin. Um, yes, and he passed away. I think it was a brain tumor um, uh, last year, uh, sometime middle of last year, and that affected me because i i've watched every single episode of that show it was a show that like we were excited about when it when it came back for a new series uh and to see like a a character that you've watched from day one all the way through the and to see the, him grow as a character yeah it's uh it, it can affect you but you speak to someone else and they'll they probably don't even know who the guy is mm. I, I enjoyed that show a nice bit of squirrel you know, <laughs> again, another the- show, another show that we quote all the time. Yeah, especially uh, uh, the neighbour Jim, just oh. amazing. <laughs> Shalom. Yeah. Oh, so good, man. So good. Uh, noticing the Time magazine, so I'm going to motor through the last couple we have here. We have the Morty and Fitch show at Morty underscore Fitch underscore pod on Twitter. Well worth a listen. I mean, if you think that it gets a little bit close to the line here, trust me, they're so far across the line. The line's like a dot in the distance to these fuckers. Go and check it out. Uh, but, you know, not my kids. My kids are not to listen to that. Um, <laughs> uh, they say, Rick Mail. Again, more love for Rick Mail. Find out on a bus on the way back from the airport. Shocking and upsetting. One of my all-time favorites. Mark Spate was kind of tragic. I remember being upset finding out at the time. Who's Mark Spate, Magsy? So Mark Spate was a uh, he was on CBBC. He was a, a host of a few kids shows. I think he did one called Smart, um, and yeah, he he his girlfriend, I think it was at the time. She died, and that really affected him. And he ended up uh, being found on a train station in London uh, after right. committing suicide. Yeah. Okay, right, yeah, okay. Uh, we have a bit more here from Dan Griffin, and this is somebody that I'm surprised. <laughs> as soon as you mention this this name, everyone's going to go, oh, yeah, of course. But they've not come up as much in the conversation so far. Dan Griffin says here, I forgot one of the biggest hitting celebrities death, celebrity deaths for me was Robin Williams. The face mm-hmm. and voice of so many childhood films me that I hold dear, taking his life due to the issues that affected me in my adult, adulthood was rough. He was a spark of joy. To quote the man himself, I think the saddest people always try their hardest to make people happy because they know what it's like to feel absolutely worthless and they don't want anyone else to feel like that. Very true. Yeah. Very true. And again, absolutely. trying to se- look at it as a celebration of the joy these people bought us. Mrs. Dightfire is brilliant. How good is Hook as well, by the way? Yeah, I mean, his his aim with a lamb as well, spot on. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Nanu Nanu, old Mork and Mindy, that's, that's fantastic yeah. as well, isn't it? You know, yeah, so and, much again, good. And, and it's it seems like we're going over old ground all the time, but such a waste, of, and mm. just not being able to um, 
enjoy him um, for for much much longer. And, but it also goes to show that that these people are humans. They yeah they have issues just like we do, except their issues are. Uh, uh, um, uh, exacerbated because they have to live in the public and they have to put on a happy face and uh, they, I don't think there's a, a, a better way to say it than, than Dan did with that uh, about saddest people always trying to make people happy I can yeah. totally totally uh, uh, understand that yeah yeah 100% mate 100% uh, yeah such an entertaining entertaining guy and finally then we have cam uh, at cam griff 92 on twitter he says here and this is a good one to finish with i think magsy from the cwf he says a few standout ones for me are heath ledger chester bellington robin williams caroline flack and obviously we've covered most of those caroline flack we haven't but again it's it is it, that's not one that directly affected me but i know my sister was quite upset because she was a host on a lot of tv shows my sister so again it's <laughs> back to that thing of whose lives they sort of entered i guess through the television and so on isn't it yeah the the caroline flat one um i'm very conflicted about that uh she wasn't someone who i was particularly um interested in she i I didn't watch a lot of the shows that she was on uh and then you hear the reports of of her and her husband having um potential issues uh with uh with uh spousal abuse and things like that uh but all that aside, she was still so very, very young and such a, mm-hmm. a again, another waste of life. A, a very, very talented person. Yeah, and it, it's it's sad that her laugh issues uh, led to to what happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is, it is. As it is sad that all of these celebrities we're discussing this evening passed away. <laughs> you know, and it's just again amazing how much joy and entertainment they, they've all bought us i guess uh cam continues here and this is a great way of signing off from twitter i think all would still be providing entertainment in their respective fields echoing the message from last week talk if you need to cwf we got this and that's that's true as we said last week dms are open message whatever jump in say hi you know talk 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 to your best mate talk to your family talk to your wife your husband whatever if you got if you if you think you've got no one to talk to there's always people on the end of the phone you know there's the there's there's always phone lines you can ring there's and again like i said there's us reach out say hi absolutely you know? magsy what about yourself my friend yeah a lot, a lot of the ones that have uh that uh, affected me we've already mentioned the Chester Bennington one is a is a particularly hard one um Heath Ledger uh another young uh amazing um amazingly talented person on the cusp of being an absolute megastar uh taken way too soon um the Chadwick Boseman one um yeah it's just sh- the Sean Lott one I think it's someone who I may not have considered until I saw the the absolute love of uh, being poured out for him on 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 Twitter from the scene. Reference, yeah, it's a uh, it's someone who who yeah I mi- I missed the guy because he was so damn funny. Uh, but yeah, a lot of the ones that affected me have, have already been mentioned, which is just shows how how cool the scene ref is that we have this. We may be idiots. We may uh, um, cross the line a few times, but uh, when it comes to um, having appreciation for 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 uh, past talent, I think we we're on the the same page a hell of a lot of the time. Yes, 
Yes, I agree. I mean, I, I, I agree with you as well in, in so many that have already been mentioned. Um, you know, totally agree with that. A couple that haven't that were a big thing for me. Most recently, I suppose, the passing of Scott Hall. That was a big razor. I was a massive fan of. And then obviously, big WCW guy, the NWO, and just, just, and I, and I, since then, I started the show by, with a hey yo. And it's got to that point. I only did it once or twice, and that was just the intention. But it's kind of just stuck. And now I feel weird if I tr- think I'm going to say something else, because it's just kind of just the way it goes now, you know? But that guy was just just so cool and he brought so much joy you know the the ideas he put forward and you know in booking meetings and so on that we hear about the matches themselves the bad guy razor ramon in 93 going up against bret hart and all that sort of stuff and then good guy razor in his later years the ladder match with Shawn michael so much of my my wrestling fandom as a kid was molded by this guy and it wasn't until he passed away that i sort of really looked at it and thought man he was involved in some, I love Bret Hart. I love Shawn Michaels. I love this. I love the NWO. Love, but there's one name that sort of runs as a thread through all of it mm-hmm. that I kind of maybe could be a bit guilty of overlooking to a degree until I sat down and really thought about it. What a, a fantastic performer, a fantastic individual. Uh, and lastly, music for me. Ronnie James Dio passing away was very sad. And obviously, everyone knew this was going to come from me. Uh, Lemmy from Motorhead. Mm-hmm. Behold the king, the king of kings. On your knees, dog. trying to put a positive spin on things look more on the the the, the smiles and the entertainment they've they, they, these people have bought lemmy's birthday and passing were quite close together and it's around christmas time and i would always sit there and listen to some motorhead have a few beers and my mates and i will talk about previous motorhead gigs we've been to and that's via message or in person or whatever and it just brings back so many stories like going to see Motorhead play and the treks to Bristol or Wolverhampton or wherever we may well go. So many memories and they wouldn't be, those memories wouldn't exist. Those, those trips on the train wouldn't exist. Those, those, those daytime drinking sessions in these dingy little bars in, I don't know, maybe Cardiff or Birmingham or wherever. Those tales wouldn't exist if it wasn't for Motorhead and the music they gave me and how much I just adored that band and that guy. So yeah, just so many great memories that wouldn't exist if it wasn't for those individuals so yeah there we go mate yeah great picks great picks and again as we've said multiple times such a sad loss and with all of these people that have been mentioned the world is a a little bit darker a little bit uh a little bit more depressing because we've lost some amazing talents Mm. yeah yeah, without a doubt. Without a doubt, mate. Uh, shall we have a quick scan through the chat before we get into talking a bit of wrestling, Magsy? Uh, yes, sir. Um, let's, Jesus, let's go all the way back. Um, Cam Griffin's uh, uh, saying, please tell me that there weren't your honourable mentions, meaning Fred West. <laughs> 
Jimmy Savile uh, and the Lark. I mean, how did we miss Myra Hindley? I mean, lot, too long gone, Myra. Oh uh, my God! Jesus Even that was too, that was rough for me. Jesus wept. Anyway, moving on. Connor said Meteora was one of uh, uh, is his favourite Linkin Park album, and it's as as old as him. Uh, crazy to think about. Yeah, um, it's a sad loss. I mean, I'm sure it was Linkin Park who did the the soundtrack for the was it the first two Transformer movies? Um, it, I'm sure it was all movies. Yeah. Yeah. Um, just marked out uh, welcome to the chat saying uh, Heath Ledger uh, awesome talent will be a megastar today yeah I absolutely 100% agree uh, and it's it's just it's repeating now over and over but yeah it would have been huge uh, such a waste of, uh, of talent um, then we've got uh, Rick Mail has got Sa MM um, oh, I don't know what that was Okay. Um, he said, lost Rick me Mail- there, mate. Lost me yeah. there. Lost us. Uh, but he does say Rick Mail has had so many mentions on CW, absolutely deservedly uh, so sorely missed. Uh, and he's also confirms with uh, with Sharon that Drop Dead Fred was the best and Snot Face for Laugh. Uh, Lord Flashart, woof. <laughs> amazing amazing um sharon saying that um she cried over warrior and that um george michael was one of the few famous people that, that she's cried about um yeah it's a it's a sad passing um steve even even the ref normally wouldn't tune in live but went onto youtube saw you were on and gave the uh, uh, obligatory lot thank you very much so we always appreciate you uh especially with our steve or continue section um, he's gutted that Liverpool drew but more importantly uh, Salah blanked in FBL and Diaz scored for fuck's sake uh, and then he goes in and on the chat with uh, with Dan uh, first time he's been genuinely angry in a football match well just wait till next week when uh, the, the the legends of Man United absolutely tub Liverpool that'll be fun it's not going to happen no it's not um Scott Danny saying the, the Sean Lock was devastating literally come out of nowhere yeah and Again, same with Sharon here, Chad Chadwick Bosman, another one that came absolutely out of nowhere. Really, really sad. Um, shit on it is a regular quote in my house. Yeah, it's uh, Friday night dinner is absolutely amazing. Um, it's one of those shows you can go back and watch over and over again. Um, Connor says he loves Martin Fitch, but he's surprised they haven't been a victim of cancel culture. I think the issue with cancel culture is you can't cancel someone who doesn't give a shit and. Um, they don't they absolutely don't give a shit there's no filter with those two and then we have Dan and Cam and Scottish Danny rolling through some of uh, the the greatest films of uh, of Robin Williams but not a lot of love for Bacentennial Men I think that film is absolutely brilliant um, a, one of uh, Robin's outstanding performances so yeah definitely go and uh, check that film out if you have the opportunity uh, but yeah that's uh, the chat all caught up with okay um, can I just have a quick check with everyone Magsy, you in particular how is my internet holding up I just had to change from one network to another how is it going so you've been jittery a little bit uh, like odd, the odd word cutting out but nothing it's been worse. Let's let's put it like that. Right, I've just I just switched over to run it off my uh, my mobile phone now. Just whilst we come to the conclusion of the show, um, you're freezing up a little bit. My end, but it says my signal is better, so I'm going to stick with that one. Okay. Yeah, it's, it's fine with me. 
So there may be a slight delay here and there. <laughs> Maybe a slight delay when I normally want to run it off my phone. Sometimes there is a slight time delay between you and me, so I'll sort of bear that in mind, I guess, mate. <laughs> Not a okay. problem. Oh, you're back. You're moving again. Okay, that's cool. Um, <laughs> uh, um, I suppose then, shall we talk a bit of wrestling? Yes, sir. Let's go for it. Uh, let's get ready to rumble! Okay, Maxi, you won the poll. I know. That's a first in what four, maybe five weeks. Nah, it wasn't as long as that. I had a little run, and then you won one. Then I had another little run, didn't I? I think you're still in the lead, though, comfortably in the lead. Maybe, mate. Maybe. Maybe Not that it's a competition. No, 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 no. You get competitive, though, don't you? I get competitive <laughs> too. I, I, I hate it when I look on Twitter and I see Maxie's winning. I'm like, oh shit. <laughs> they were both great picks, off. Yes, absolutely great picks. Yes, and we'll definitely try and revisit that ECW match at some point in the future. But here we have a little Attitude Era timing of the WWF. It's uh, Survivor Series 1999, not Armageddon, which is what I first initially went and watched and was like, this doesn't seem right. Um, (laughs) Brilliant. It's Survivor Series. Chan is not even on this card. I was like, what's going on here? What's talking about? I sort of swore clicked on survivor series but i was ha- like i was like 10 minutes in so i was scanning through the matches and i was like this ain't right and i twigged i must have oh, pressed Ch- them on but Chana was actually on the on the card <laughs> as well yeah yeah I mean. yeah i think she was actually might might have been wrestling jericho to be fair yeah she were uh, yeah yeah so i was like this does, this isn't right though for something's wrong with this i don't know what that's all about but there we go uh the intercontinental title and it's china who is the champion versus chris jericho uh Maxi, before we get into it, I want to just quickly get your thoughts on women holding men's titles in wrestling. And then I suppose it's only fair to talk about vice versa as well. The few occasions where we've had maybe um, uh, Santino Morella with the Divas title at one point and stuff like that. Now, there for me are two different sides of two different kinds um Mm -hmm. women holding men's titles um and i I say that in quotation marks because uh they never really called men's titles they're just called wf champion or wf intercontinental champion stuff like that um i i didn't remotely have an issue with it with china because i felt that she broke a hell of a lot of barriers. Um, she, for me, it's always about legitimacy. Does this person legitimately look like they could be a champion? And and I don't think there was ever a point in, in China's WWE run where she didn't look like she could hang with the blokes. Um, a lot of the blokes she could probably beat up in real life. Um, so right. yeah, I didn't, I didn't really have an issue with it. Uh, on the flip side though, uh, men uh, having women's titles, it it always comes off as mockery to me. Um, it always comes off as kind of saying that the women's titles don't matter. Uh, a woman uh, being a, a 
a men's champion is boundary breaking. Uh, a, a man being a woman's champion, it usually comes with the man dressed as a woman. Um, like almost yeah, for me, it mocks women's wrestling. Um, uh, kind of degrades it. So yeah, for me, I have no issue with with uh, women uh, legitimately being the uh, being in the mix of, of men's titles, but the the men in women's ones, yeah, that that doesn't really sit well with me. Hmm. No, I mean that's that, that's fair enough, mate. That's fair enough. I mean, China. I'm, I'm probably going to upset a few people now, but you know, it's, it's just my opinion. It's it's one of those things that I just don't get it. Now, I appreciate at the time it was groundbreaking and it broke down barriers and all that sort of stuff. But I hear so much about how great she was this and great she was that. Whenever I go back and watch her matches, I don't get that. And this mm-hmm. is going to be an example, I think, of that for me. I agree with you. Um, I think as a, a wrestler, she was limited. Um, I think she maybe would not have been in the position she was was in if it wasn't for a relationship with with Triple H. But mm-hmm. that being said, how many wrestlers uh, have taken the ball and and ran with it using their limited wrestling skills? The Warrior we've mentioned him earlier in the show. Hogan is the the perfect example. You don't necessarily have to be the best wrestler to be considered a draw. Uh, and I think China, her legacy is never going to be she put on five-star matches. Her legacy is going to be she did things that up to then no other woman had done before in the in the WWF. Yeah, okay. That's fair enough. That's fair enough. I mean, we'll, we'll get into it now then, I suppose, before my internet completely shits the bed and falls apart and my computer melts and, you know, you lose all that. Um, Survivor Series 99, quite a historic show. Kurt Angle makes his debut and Austin gets hit by a car. So there's yeah, there's quite a lot going on on this pay-per-view, isn't there? Going back and watching it, it's... it's For a pay-per-view that... At, at the time, I don't think it was rated very well. It didn't uh, um, get massive... Uh, Wrestling Observer, Observer Newsletter scores, but looking back, what a massive uh, pivotal pay-per-view it actually is. You've got the whole Austin uh, um, being run over, I did it for The Rock with Rikisha, then you've got, uh, <laughs> you've got Angle's debut, but then you also look at this match in particular, uh, and this was the match that essentially saved Chris Jericho's WWF career, and it was also the uh, historical because China was defending a men's title, but it was also the first ever time the Intercontinental title had actually been defended on Survivor Series. I think uh, this was like the 13th year that we've had Survivor Series and it would never been defended on that on that card. So, yeah, it was a, a massively historic um, card, yeah. That's amazing. The first mm-hmm. time it had been defended. Wow, okay. So, Look at so, that. Uh, 10 out of the, uh, the first 12, the Intercontinental Champion was involved in uh, a Survivor Series-style match. And then the, the other two, it was a non-title match. I think Shawn Michaels was in a non-title match for, for one of them. And I can't remember who the other one is. But yeah, China was the first ever defender of the Intercontinental title on Survivor Series. Yeah, Michaels faced Bret Hart in 92. And they were 
both champions at the time mm-hmm. and Michael's title was not on the line because he obviously yeah. submitted to the sharpshooter to, to just to heart to there so yeah that's uh oh why wow. that's incredible okay um the angle where Austin gets hit by a car happens right before this match mm-hmm. and I think it does especially in the first half of the match I mean this match goes 13 14 minutes so it's given an half decent amount of TV time really it's I think mean, especially in the first half of it it suffers a little bit of a hangover from that big moment because Austin yeah. was supposed to be in the main event it's a triple threat for the world title and it's Rock Triple H Austin for the world title and that's huge now that's been advertised right up until this point, which is a bit naughty because they know all along Austin isn't going to wrestle on the show. Mm-hmm. But there we go. You've lost one fairly main event, potentially the biggest star in the business at that point. So it's going to affect what comes next on the show, I guess. Yeah. And I don't think it's helped as a viewer at home by Jim Ross, who is, he's obviously got to sell the fact that Austin has got injured because he's Austin's mate and it's a big star. It's big news. But I don't think that helps the first half of the match as a viewer watching back now, either, Magazine. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely makes sense. Uh, so I watched this back earlier today, uh, and uh, Mrs. Mag sat and watched a little bit with me, uh, and I started uh, at the the Austin um, getting run over. Um, oh, so it did I. Such a, <laughs> it's a, a, a massive storyline, and... Um, I was critiquing the work of the paramedics and the, uh, how the WWE uh, staff were getting involved. Um, I mean, Shane McMahon struggling to tape Austin to the gurney. Ridiculous. Um, oh, and going, Dad is too short. I can't stop shouting yeah. at me, Dad. Screw it. Screw it. Stop, um, stop picking on me, Dad. Oh, God. And then we see Jim Ross, essentially, when Jericho's music hits, you see Jim Ross sprinting down the <laughs> down the, the aisle, um, and it it doesn't help with the fact that it's that dual screen setup as well, which I don't I don't think it worked for me. Uh, where you had the the essentially the Survivor Series uh, one logo uh, at our level, and then the the Tantron was was way higher up in in in, in the air with the the wrestlers theme music and the, and the intro video, and all you see is is the wrestlers coming out to the Survivor Series logo. It just didn't work mm. for me. Uh, but yeah, you're right. There was a massive, massive hangover. And while, whilst the match is nothing to write home about, I think uh, I've got to give props to Jericho for bringing the crowd back. Um, he was meant to be the heel going into this. and get He still gets a lot of cheers because it's goddamn Chris Jericho but he works really really hard in getting the crowd reinvested in this match for me um, and if you read his book I think it might be in his second book he he's, talks about this match and he says China was so difficult to work with because yeah. she was she was green as goose shit. She was re- uh, she wasn't accepting of uh, of people's ideas. He essentially uh, has to talk her through the match as it's going, uh, but he's also in that that uh, position I mentioned a, a few minutes ago, where his career in WWE had floundered. He hadn't been the big star that he was expected to be, and this match for him was make or break. He was dealing with uh, Triple H's, uh, at the time, girlfriend, which meant she, uh, 
he was he was basically his back was against the wall. He had to make this work, and luckily he was he was able to. And this this match uh, proved to the higher ups that Jericho could be um, um, a big player in the company, and obviously leading on to him being the undisputed, uh, the first ever undisputed WWF champion. Yeah, yeah, I get you. I, I think Jericho's performance is incredible because China's is not. Let's be honest. I mean, we're going to break down a little bit of the match in a moment, but and again, I'm 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 going to be, I think, potentially fairly critical of China here. But you can see that she is, as you said, Maxie, incredibly green. And as I was watching this, uh, that quote from from Jericho about it being so difficult working with her did pop into my head also. Mm-hmm. And there's there's a quite a few timing issues. There's a few issues where that they're trying to send each other into the ropes or into the turnbuckles and China doesn't quite know which direction to run. Um, and you can see Jericho talking her through the match in certain moments as well. Can't you? Yeah, absolutely. It's uh, it, I mean, so, so early into Jericho's WF career for him to, to take control of this match and, and, get us to a point where it's never going to be a, a five-star classic, but it was certainly a passable match. We've seen mm-hmm. way, way worse uh, and to essentially be wrestling uh, a sandbag. Um, I think Jericho's performance in this um, is it's outstanding. And like you said, China's was not uh, a good performance at all. Um, so props to Jericho for, for getting a decent match out of her. Yeah. Yeah, totally. I mean, first things first, Jericho's ring gear. I can add it's really, I mean, it may be very, very 90s, but the red with the white and black barbed wire on it, that's cool mm-hmm. as fuck. I love that. Yeah. And he got a big old pop when his music hit, more so than China. And we see that yeah. during the match as well. China at some stages actually gets quite openly booed, despite supposedly being the babyface, doesn't she? It's shock horror that wrestling fans, actually some of them enjoy good wrestling uh so yeah china was not good and that that i think that affected the the reaction from the fans you always know you're going to get a good match out of jericho you, you weren't guaranteed that with china mm, yeah yeah very much so um a couple of moments early on did frustrate me we have jericho using a cable on the outside to choke china right in front of the referee and we also have Miss Kitty, or the cat, as she was sometimes known, stamping on Jericho again right in front of the referee. Now, the bells rang. Both of these should <laughs> be a DQ. I know it's the Attitude Era and things are a little bit, you know, loose with certain rules or whatever, but that pisses me off. It's like, just don't ring the bell if you want to do stuff like that before the match. And all of a sudden, you can explain that away. Yeah. Uh, but it happened all the way through the match. I mean, when Jericho got, he goes to the outside uh, about halfway through, rips the form off the off the the guardrail and, mm. and uses that as uh, as a weapon. Um, yeah, the the referee certainly played fast and loose uh, with the rules in this match. But I suppose you have to when you're, you're dealing with a wrestler as limited as as, as China was. Yeah, shortcuts, Magsy, I guess this referred to as, isn't it? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Um, something I did notice, though, I mean, we, you say about China's relationship with Triple H, she takes that bump into the corner where it doesn't quite hit the corner, but she hits the mm-hmm. ropes next to the corner and rolls over the top rope and falls to the outside, exactly how Triple H does it. And I was yeah. like, oh, okay. 
There was a lot of kind of homages to Triple H in this match. I mean, she goes for the, uh, she hits the, the pedigree a couple of times. One of them, the finish, the, the super pedigree. Oh, that looks so fucking rough. Jesus. Yeah. Um, and apparently, if you, again, if you go back to Jericho's book, um, Triple H actually tried to nix a lot of those those moves. He wasn't happy. that uh, He didn't want to put China uh, in a position where she would look like she didn't know what she was doing. And Jericho had to fight tooth and nail for a lot of the spots uh, to, to happen um, mm-hmm. because of... Triple H had so much stroke backstage. Um, but again, props to him for, for making her look better than she had any right looking. Um, yeah, yeah, totally. One moment that makes me chuckle is when China gets thrown over the commentary table and she, you know, she lands where the seats are and so on. And you get the spot that The Rock uses quite often, I guess, where he takes the... Uh, the water bottle and used to pour it on people and, and or spit it on them or whatever. But Jericho goes a touch further and just uses the plastic <laughs> at the bottom. Donk on the top of her head. I like that. Lit- literally the same word I said when uh, me and the wife were watching. Uh, pours the water over. China no sells the water for what normally uh, a wrestler would sell it like they've just been bathed in, in hydrochloric acid. Uh, mm. She just no sells it and Jericho just donk right on the head. And then you've got uh, Jim Ross. Uh, Jericho, what the hell are you doing? Take it back into the ring. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, and then you've got the king on the other side, uh, absolutely fawning and, and making no bones that uh, that he was infatuated with Miss Kitter. Uh, with Miss Kitter, um, I, mm. I would have loved to hear his reaction when you see uh, Jericho um, essentially kiss raping her. Mm. Yeah, it was a bit uncomfortable. That wasn't it. And this, it, is, a, this it was is a wrestling right thing in front of me a lot. Well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and at the time, this was his real life wife. They ended up married, didn't they? <laughs> yep. Yeah. I mean, he was punching, let's be honest. Well, he also liked him incredibly young, so that is. Like- well, this is true. Naughty, naughty. Ah, uh, dear. Uh, we have a Y2J missile dropkick from the top rope. That looked fantastic. Yeah, uh, it did. But then China starts her comeback, and that's when we really hear some strong boos. Yeah, um, again, Jericho um, made her look better than than she really had any right to. I think the only move that of Chana's that looks impressive to me is the is the kind of uh, spring uh, the handspring elbow that she does into the corner. Mm-hmm. But other than that, you can see that uh, a lot of the work is 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 from from Jericho. Um, yeah, she she goes for a kind of like a modified uh, Frankensteiner, absolutely muffs that up, nearly uh, nearly kills herself. Um, basically, lands on her own neck, which looks uh, looks rough. Um, there's the the attempt at a power bomb where uh, essentially she sandbags Jericho, and he has to graft to lift her back up, and and essentially has to do kind of like a fall away power slam just to make sure she's in the right position. Um, Jericho again with the pedigree, uh, you can see that it's him doing all the work, um, and the. If if it was uh, left to China's devices, he probably would have been absolutely face planted into the floor. Yeah, the guy puts in a shift in this match. Absolutely puts in a shift, and then we get to the the end. And I've, I've already mentioned they go for the the um, the super pedigree. 
And she messes that up to the point where she was taking so long to hook his arms that Jericho uh, called an audible and said, look, we have to go now. Uh, this is starting to, to look ridiculous. Um, just do it. And he makes the move look better than, than it, it ever should have looked and, and then does the job. Mm, yes. We got a few more scrappy moments, don't we? There's a spear on the outside from China that looked like shit, let's be honest. Uh, <laughs> Jericho hits a spinning heel kick and then does a little nip-up. That up. looks like shit. The nip-up was great. The, yeah. the spinning heel kick, he almost he, he almost arses her in the face rather yeah. than the than the, the, the heel. Um the one thing I again I'll I'll give China a little bit of props when uh uh she, I think she went for a second uh Frankensteiner uh and Jericho was able to and that looked ridiculous for, for me because in the position she was in that she had no need to go for that move, but she did, and we know wax. It's the setup to the to the wars of Jericho, yeah. uh, and props to her for um, she she looked really strong in that in that wars of Jericho. Makes it almost makes it to the ropes, pull back to the middle, and that's where we would normally see a wrestler succumb tap out uh, but mm-hmm. she didn't she uh she dragged herself back to the ropes and was able to break that uh break that uh submission uh, so props to her for that but again this was jericho leading the dance yeah yeah and obviously you covered the finish as well Maxi, haven't you with the really strange top rope pedigree that ended up not being a top rope pedigree and just looked messy and and so on but can yeah. we just touch upon though uh earl hebner getting slightly brushed in the face <laughs> and then selling it like he'd been <laughs> shot. It was the oh. weakest ref bump ever. And he absolutely sold it like, like he'd been punched in the face by a boxer. Ridiculous. It was, it was Shawn Michaels, Hulk Hogan, SummerSlam levels of overselling, wasn't it? It was, it was, it was the best selling in the match. And it was by, by Hebner. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so there we go then. Magsy, out of 10, what you got? Five. Very, very yeah. middle of the road. Um, it's it, the, the figure is certainly propped up by Jericho. I think it was a a, a good, a great performance by him. And um, like I said, it was a performance that, that made his WWF career. It showed that he was going to be a, a, a big player in the company. Um, China's uh, wrestling brings the... the, the the score down a little bit, but historically it was, it's still a, um, a, a very important match. So a five for me seems appropriate, incredibly middle of the road. Fair enough, mate. Fair enough. Um, for me, Jericho's performance is an eight. Jericho is superb, but the match mm-hmm. I got five and a half because I look at it as I probably would go back and watch this above Steiner Booker T in straight jacket steel cage, but only just. So okay. five and a half puts it a smidge above that, that Booker T match as well, mate. So similar sort of wheelhouse again though, isn't we mate? Yeah. I mean, we are, we, it's almost like we talk about it beforehand, <laughs> which of course we don't just so everyone's aware. We definitely don't. Yeah. No, we don't. We don't hundred percent. See, that makes it sound like we do, even though we're saying we don't, but we genuinely don't. We really don't. <laughs> we really, really don't. I can't stand him. I, I only like to talk to him in these two hours, and that's it. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> it's when his tolerance levels are at their highest. Um, 
<laughs> Magsy, where shall we go next week then, bud? What have you got for us? Okay, so um, I often like to put um, my own kind of rules or caveats on my picks. Uh, and when you mentioned about doing a, a Sunday Night Heat edition of Chain Wrestling, I thought I'm, I need to link this to Sunday Night Heat. Just, just, just to be pedantic, I suppose. Uh, luckily, okay. luckily, both picks, uh, yours and, and mine, yours uh, being the the November to remember one, links perfectly to a Sunday Night Heat. Um, so on this card, I think it was the match after this, we see uh, um, Mankind, and then on also on the the card that you picked, we see uh, uh, Cactus Jack. Mick Fowler. Uh so he's the link because he was on both cards now we talk Sunday Night Heat uh, and there's one Sunday Night Heat that, that stands head and shoulders above the others a very special Sunday Night Heat on a very special day uh, the first iteration of something that would be repeated 20 years after I'm going for half time heat now this was uh, this was uh, a show that WWE put on as kind of like counter programming to the Super Bowl, um, and there was one particular um, halftime heat match that stands out in infinite, and that is the empty arena match that we got in 1999, uh, The Rock taking on Mankind. Now this is this show isn't on the network per se, but it's included in uh, in the the documentary for uh, the Mick Foley uh, biography. So the match is on there in its entirety. Um, if you'd search okay. on the network, uh, halftime heat, it's one of the picks that comes up. But yeah, uh, I want to revisit uh, Mankind versus The Rock for the WWF title at halftime heat. I've never seen that. Well, no, a lot of people have because it was an empty arena, so. No, dickhead. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> no, I've, I've seen clips, but I've never seen the whole thing. So that'd be, that'd be fascinating. And I love the way you've linked to being a Sunday Night Heat because next week we're live on a Sunday night, which we're going to get to in a moment anyway. But yeah, that's clever. And my link, believe it or not, is using exactly the same method with Mick Foley also being on the card but my link is um not as clever or well thought out or or as you know ah what's that yeah empty arena match matt willis says in the chat 21 years before the covid empty arenas (laughs) the the rock and mankind were trailblazers they were they were (laughs) mine is a foley match as well magsy but mine is uh, amazing to me that after 88 episodes we've not covered this before it's simply just Foley is the link I think I know which match is is it the Triple H Street Fat no it's not it's not oh Jesus it's Foley versus Undertaker King of the Ring 98 Hell in a Cell oh that's a a good one because we've not looked at that and I'm amazed we haven't looked at that now the thing is here for me with this poll that choice I've just put up is a really hugely historic well known match but I think that might work against it because halftime heat is something that I think we've got a lot more legs in to talk about because I've not seen that before 
and there's so much going into that as well but then you would imagine that the Foley Taker match was potentially a bigger deal as well I guess so it's going to be really interesting to see which way people vote I think Max I think this may be the ideal time for a, a Dan Griffin special uh, oh for goodness sake <laughs> pulling out a draw but the, the good thing with, with this show is that we revisit some of the, the, the matches that didn't win polls so mm. I'm sure whichever way we look at it uh, we will eventually end up seeing both these matches yeah but that is your poll for next week when we do our special sunday night live show uh we have halftime heat featuring the rock versus mick foley in an empty arena match or we go to another mick foley match hell in a cell undertaker versus mick foley king of the ring 1998 the poll will be up later in the week maybe a touch earlier than normal because i'm going to try and remember this time and also because we're live on a sunday rather than a monday next week very quickly want to cover that as well uh we're live on sunday next week purely because of the liverpool united game monday night we thought we'd try a sunday night let people watch the football and hopefully get many people as we can joining us on a sunday evening we're live at the slightly earlier time that i can't remember off the top of my head eight o'clock eight o'clock we're live at eight o'clock next sunday here but you'll see our social medias and all that anyway everything will be sent out to remind you all as well so yeah there we go i mean obviously I'm doing this this Sunday night idea kind of pops up to us because of Liverpool playing Manchester United on a Monday night. I'm not arsed about watching it directly myself because we're shite. But I know there's a lot of fans who, who <laughs> you know, a lot of football fans who follow Liverpool who will want to watch it. So we thought, well, we could do this for members of the CWF who are big football fans. Completely forgetting that Liverpool played Monday night this week as well. What a dickhead I am. But there we go. <laughs> it happens. I yes, mean, it wouldn't be a, it wouldn't be a week if Sar didn't make some sort of error. Yeah, very true, very true. <laughs> uh, and whilst I'm on the, the, that sort of mindset now, remembering to tell people things, this is quite important. Uh, the end of the month, the 24th of August through to the 28th of August, there's going to be first of all, there's going to be the second batch of merchandise coming out with regards to new shows on SJP World Media. So that's back when the NXT show, um, check in at Power Palace and all that sort of stuff, designs relevant, and a couple of new chain wrestling designs, a couple of Nitro Knights designs, a whole second batch of merchandise for from SJP World Media. But they will be coming out towards the end of the month to coincide with a 35% off sale that our t-shirt supplier is running from the 24th of August to the 28th of August. So if you're going to buy, wait until then. Wait, Get yourself some, some money off, get yourself some great deals, 24th to the 28th, up to 35% off on pretty much everything that, that we cover on the network with regards to merch for all of our shows. But again, I'll put all that out on the social medias, which, you know, most of you will be following. If you're not already, it's quite easy to do at SJP world media is the one you want. And chain wrestling is at chain underscore wrestling on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram. And that TikTok finger me Magsy, Is there any, any reason why people would want to follow you yet? Or are you still living your best I life? Mean, I've, I've just l- liked and retweeted cams post so there what is just whilst we're on air literally whilst we're on air <laughs> <For fuck's sake. laughs> I, I did it on the screen as well whilst he was in the, in the, in in the chat and we had the twitter page up uh oh, okay yeah I, I 
you said it perfectly. I'm I'm enjoying not being on social media, having that kind of uh, crutch. I will be back. I know I keep saying this, and I've been saying it for a long, long time, but I will be back on there, so definitely give me a follow down here at Podfather Mags. Um, just don't expect me to tweet much. Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> Uh, as I said, t-shirt sale, 35% off, 24th to 28th of August, but I'll retweet all that. Next week, Chain Wrestling Live on a Sunday, the Sunday Summer Super Slam Heat or whatever the poster said or something along those lines. I'll retweet it all and so on. At Chain underscore Wrestling, uh, at SJP World Media. Chuck us all a follow, vote in the polls. Thank you so much to everyone for joining us as always. It's awesome the fact that we interact with you you interact with us sorry so much whilst we're live on twitter uh, all the all the feedback we get for everything it's just it's just it's just brilliant magazine isn't it yeah we we love it it's the highlight of both our weeks uh it is. we we cannot we cannot put into words how much we appreciate you guys yeah 100 percent, mate 100 percent. max i'm off now to watch the rest of armageddon 99 because before i realized <laughs> before i realized i was watching the wrong show i was quite enjoying it so there we go i'll speak to you next week my friend you brought me sir then you just brought me Goodbye. <laughs>